We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. DFS MLB podcast Wednesday edition, folks. Hi there, baseball fans. I'm Paul Bruno, and I'm joined once again by John McKechnie, and we love talking baseball. And if you're talking baseball these days, it seems everyone is weighing in on Aaron Judge. John, his numbers so far this season earn a favorable comparison to the heart of that 1927 Yankees lineup, which, of course, featured the legendary Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. Is this guy really Ruthian in your estimation? I mean, it's really hard to argue with what he's been doing so far this season. And I know that, um, you know, coming into the year, uh, there are some doubts, you know, about his ability to actually, you know, sort of come through with all the potential that he has as just like literally the largest position player of all time with the, with just ridiculous power. But he, you know, he looked pretty lost at times last year, but then, uh, you look at how things are this year, um, outside of the, the high strikeout rate, uh, I mean, he's got a ridiculously high walk rate, so he, he's got good plate discipline. Uh, when he, when he makes contact, it, it, you know, it, it usually falls in because he hits it, uh, so much harder than everyone else. I mean, basically it, it's, it's hilarious to look at his stat cast numbers, uh, compared to everyone else and look at the exit velocity. I mean, he, he hits the ball just in a completely, di- he's in a different uh, stratosphere as far as how hard he hits the ball. So, uh, I don't see that necessarily going away anytime soon. Um, so again, I, I see where the strikeout, um, uh, the high strikeout rate is a concern, but I mean, the fact of the matter is the modern baseball player this season 
strikeouts are more are becoming more and more common. It's it's all about do you strike out or do you home run? It seems or do you homer? And uh, Judge is doing both of those, but he's also getting on base a lot. So uh, I think that he is is worthy of this praise right now. I could see it coming back down to earth uh, uh, to an extent. I don't think you know anyone expects him to hit eighty home runs or anything this season, but. Uh, you know, uh, he's been phenomenal to at least start. I think he at least deserves to be recognized for that. John, for me, I got a good look at this guy. The last time the, J- the Yankees rolled into town, I got to see BP. And, you know, I'll lump him in a very small class. I'll say this. In the 26 years that I've been watching BP around the Sky Dome, there's only two other guys that hit the ball and make it sound different from everybody else. And I'll lump him in that class. The other two guys were Carlos Delgado and mm-hmm. Ken Griffey Jr., when these guys took BP and hit the balls, uh, it just sounded different, and and it does with Judge as well. When, uh, there's no question the the stats cast, lodge cast numbers, they just show him in a different sphere. But I want to temper this enthusiasm a little bit. I've done this before. I've seen this before, and I'll say this. I want to mention one number that does concern me is what you alluded to, and that's the strikeout rate, which which is still higher than his current 3.41 batting average. To me, that just shows there are some holes in that swing. And in that same Yankees-Jays series, the Jays pitching staff did exploit him a little bit. And I found that up high, he had difficulty more consistently than any other zone. So I'm going to take a look at, at the numbers that I can find online to support that argument, possibly bring it up later in the season again. But I just think that uh, a fantastic start, no doubt. The ball sounds different off his bat, no doubt. And the size is incomparable. But I've seen this before. I took some early hits with my other thoughts on big splashes. I'll give you a story, John, about Daisuke Matsuzaki. You remember him, the writer that came out with the Red Sox. I got into a loud argument with a well-known Boston beat writer who's still on the beat, and I won't name him here, who said that he would go, not, go down as a big-time star among the pitching legends of the game. And I said, I said, countering to that, you know, he told me, oh, he's got five or six different pitches different speeds for each pitch. I said, he's going to learn a sixth one. It's called the home run ball. And in fact, effectively, <laughs> between that and a loss of control, he flamed out after two pretty good seasons in the major leagues, but, you know, nowhere near all-star caliber. And, and you know, I was right in the end of the days. And I'll tell you another situation with Jim Tomey on the other side of the coin. I scouted this guy when he was in uh, his draft year, and I thought, uh, I was on baseball preview shows that year to show you how long ago I've been in this game. And, <laughs> and you know what? They asked me at the end of the draft, who was one guy that I thought would be Hall of Fame worthy in this class? I came up with the name Jim Tomey. And I'm telling you, between co-hosts and callers then, everybody lit into me. But 600, years la- 600 home runs later, he's on the precipice. So That's right. I've seen it before. I've been right before. I mean, I'm wrong. everybody's been right and wrong. But those are two instances that I like to tout when people start talking about Aaron Judge and and how he's going to be the next Babe Ruth or maybe the first Aaron Judge. Uh, I like it. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes, John. Uh, so an interesting way to start today's show. And before we get into our big breakdown of top FanDuel picks for tonight's game, games, I'll invite you to follow me, Paul Bruno, at Statsman22, and you can follow John at Johnny McKex. Now, John, let's go into tonight's matchups. A quick preview of the projected starters. Of course, our routine is to exclude some early starts, so please don't expect us to give you insights on the three or four early games. We're going to stick with the 7 o'clock and plus slate. So, John, why don't you take it away and introduce us to the first six games on that docket. 
All right, starting us off for the evening window, we have the Red Sox, uh, minus 128 home favorites. Uh, the over-under is at 10 for this one, a very high-scoring uh, projected total here for the Red Sox versus the Phillies. we got Brian Johnson on the mound for the Red Sox versus uh, Philadelphia's Jeremy Hellickson, who comes in with a 5-4 and record, a 4-5 ERA. That's a 7-5 start. Uh, moving over to Pittsburgh, we have the Rockies in town, uh, slight road favorites uh, with an over-under of eight and a half. Jermaine uh, Marquez uh, taking the hill for the Rockies, four and three record, four 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 ERA against Pittsburgh. Uh, suddenly a little bit resurgent here, and uh, Chad Cool one and five with a five six three ERA. That's a seven oh five start Eastern. Then we have a divisional matchup between the Rays and Jake Odorizzi uh, taking the mound uh, against Toronto and Francisco Liriano up in your neck of the woods. Uh, the Blue Jays are minus 146 favorites. The implied total there is a flat nine. That's a 707 start. Then we have an interleague matchup, uh, Dodgers versus Indians. Some people think that this is a potential World Series uh, preview type of matchup here. We got the Brandon McCarthy on the mound, five and three record, three two eight ERA, going against the Indians with their ace Corey Kluber, who has a four three eight ERA. The Indians are minus one forty five home favorites with an eight flat uh, over under there. Then we have the Diamondbacks with Taiwan Walker coming off the disabled list uh, at Washington against Jordan Zimmerman. Uh, let's see, the the Nationals are slight uh, home favorites, minus one thirty three, a nine point zero. Uh, over under there that's a 710 start then we have the cubs with uh, mike montgomery going up to city field to face the mets uh, montgomery and the cubs slight road favorites minus 119 the implied t- total there is a nine uh going against matt harvey uh who has a 4-3 era and a 502 uh or yeah 4-3 um record in a 502 era and then uh, your club, the Orioles, uh, they've been reeling of late. John, you've been Good lamenting. Good God, they're a, so bad. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Dylan Bundy, though, has been a ray of sunshine there, a consistent starter with a 305 ERA. They're, they're favored on the road, a minus 120 with the over-under at 10 in Chicago against Miguel Gonzalez. He's had a rough year, 489 ERA, and 47 uh, is the win-loss record for that 810 start. The Texas Rangers uh, go to their cross-state rivals, the Houston Astros, uh, for the next matchup. Andrew Kashner brings a 3-5 and five record with 3-17 ERA, hard luck guy, against Francis Martez, who I know you like in this matchup, John. I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about him later. It's his second appearance, I believe, this season. And, uh, Correct. He's, uh, his team is the favorites by, with a 159 money line and the over-under set at 9.5. The Mariners bring Sam Gavilio to the match. You liked him last week, I know, and he has a 2-1 and record, a 2.79 ERA, into Minnesota, and Irvin Santana, who's having a career season with an 8-3 and record, a 2.20 ERA. The Twins are favored uh, with a money line of 134, and the over-under 10.5. T- uh, They're expecting a high-scoring game there, despite the quality of the two pitchers in question. The Milwaukee Brewers put uh, Matt Garza to work tonight. 2-2 two and two is the mark with a 3.83 ERA against St. Louis, and Mike Leake, who's 5-5 five and five with a 2.70 ERA. The hometown Cardinals are a 158 
favorite and the over-under set at 9 for that 8.15 start. And then finally, the Bronx Bombers with Michael Pineda on the mound are favored on the road with a minus 137 uh, money line and the over-under set at 8 into LA, LA to face the Angels and Matt Shoemaker, who is a 6-3 record with a 4.22 ERA for that 10.07 start. All right, John, let's begin to uh, look at the position-by-position breakdown. We always start with the starting pitchers. And let's look at the top end of the FanDuel board where we see Corey Kluber as the only starter priced over the 10K mark. You know, for my money, I look at his recent performance and I see a guy who's been hit hard, John, in four of his last six starts with only two games where he's limited opposition to less than three earned runs. So I'm shying away from him. The the Dodgers boast a deep lineup and are on a five-game winning streak, so I'm fading him. Are you with me or am I missing something here at this price point? I guess my my counter to that is that when when we have... Uh, the highest pitcher on the board uh, in terms of price being being Kluber at just ten two. You know when you when you can see him in in you know closer to the mid tens or close to eleven. Um, I think you have to at least consider him. He is at home, so the Dodgers are going to be able to use a DH here. Um, but Kluber, you know, only three earned runs over over the. 12 innings that he's pitched since coming off the DL. He's got 18 Ks in that stretch. The Dodgers rank uh, only like 25th and weighted on base as a team over the last 30 days. So I definitely see your rationale here, but I think sneakily uh, Kluber might be in for a better start than, than, uh, then uh, meets the eye right here. So right off the bat, we're on opposite sides of the thing. This is good for uh, for two guys hosting a show to have little disagreements now and then, John. So it'll be interesting True. to see what turns out. Uh, let's go down the list, though, and look at the range from Irvin Santana at $9,500 down to Mike Leak at $8,000. Your comments in this range, please. Uh, well, you know, Irv is coming off a complete game, but that was against a, a Giants team uh, or a complete game shutout, I believe, uh, against the Giants. But that was in San Francisco. That's a pretty anemic lineup. Uh, obviously, uh, this this Mariners twin series has been absolutely absurd. You know, I think there were almost 30 <laughs> runs scored yesterday. Crazy. There were, you know, there were mid 20s runs scored uh, in the opening game of that series. I think that Santana will be able to limit those Seattle bats a little bit more, but um, I think that there are some things to suggest a regression. Um, you know, he has a 2-2 ERA overall, uh, but his uh, fielding independent pitching mark is at a 4-5-6, so that obviously uh, portends to some regression here, and uh, something that I don't particularly like about Santana is uh, the the low strikeout rate when it comes to when it comes to season long that isn't as big of a concern you can add your strikeouts elsewhere but in a daily format where you where you need uh, strong strikeout numbers it, it's just hard for me to justify using a guy that that doesn't really have the strikeout upside beyond maybe five to six yeah you know in in terms of Santana I I have to say that I don't like his poor history against the Mariners who are active in that offense uh, big mm-hmm. part they're a big part of a slash line that's 289 358 569 over 189 at bats that's a significant sample size to me and it just sure. tells me that they must have some sort of a book on this guy who's enjoying the career year uh, that I suggested but I as you noted with the fifth mark it might be a little more luck involved than than meets the eye. So what about the other guys in this range, John? Guys like Pineda, Bundy, Shoemaker, your comments on them? Uh, Pineda is a guy that um, he's got relatively small samples on the road this year, but those are not good numbers. Uh, he's got nine home runs allowed in 25 and two-thirds innings, a 5.96 ERA on the road. Um, so th- this could be a bit of a trap game. I think that a lot of the times when you're just sort of glossing through pitchers and you, you look at the win probability that the Yankees uh, have over a team like the Angels, but the Angels are just kind of pesky. Uh, I know our guy 
uh, Vlad Sedler always likes to say that those are the pesky halos that they, they do kind of tend to like trip up uh, people's DFS lineups with the, with the, their ability to kind of cost a team a win later in the game like they did last night. So I'm going to be off Pineda. I imagine that at first glance, he's going to be relatively highly owned, but I'm off of him on the other side of that uh, shoemaker. Uh, I'm just not using a pitcher against the Yankees until, until further notice. I'll let you all know when I do, but uh, not not anytime soon. Um, and then uh, Matt Harvey, I suppose, is sort of like an ultimate contrarian play um, because he's been so bad since kind of uh, returning from his little team imposed uh, suspension from the Cinco de Mayo mishap. But there's just not a whole lot to suggest a bounce back here. He's only made it six innings uh, since that uh, May 12th start. Uh, and he's going against the Cubs that I think are about to kind of round back into that Cubs form that we've been expecting throughout the season. Uh, they shook up the lineup last night and absolutely uh, just uh, kicked the mess out of the Mets. Like the entire night I watched most of that game. And that was, that was ugly from the first pitch. Uh, and I think that uh, the Mets could be in for a similarly long evening tonight. Well, I'm looking at Pineda a little bit differently than you. I think he's a great option coming off six quality starts in his last seven outings. That's something that I look for in terms of consistently, uh, consistency of efforts, and it's been home and away. So he's been, and he's been backed by that fabulous bomber offense that we started right. to talk a little bit about off the top with Judge against an Angels club that's without Mike Trout, and uh, their scoring's been down a tick over the last 10 games too. So uh, I like the Yankees tonight, counter to your point, So and Pineda factors in big time. I'm curious to know where you stand on Dylan Bundy so I'll get let you rebut that in a sec but I want to talk about Matt Shoemaker's got only one quality start in his last three starts and he gets a tough assignment against the Yanks that's a pass for me just like you said and uh, in a nod to the original Batman Adam West who passed away last week that was a big loss for me uh, yeah. there's a part of me that would love to choose Matt Harvey tonight just as a bit of a tribute but he's just not pitching well enough and gets nope. the Cubs tonight so that's another pass for me and uh, Mike Leake's been knocked around pretty good in his last three starts so Another pass for me, but uh, what of Dylan Bundy? 11 quality starts and 13 uh, appearances this year so far. A favorable matchup against the White Sox. I'm surprised you're not all, all over that. Um, well, he he is a quality option here, and but that that Orioles offense has been struggling behind him. So it's been uh, you know you're not even sure that even with Miguel Gonzalez on the mound that the Orioles are necessarily going to be able to take advantage of it. I mean, they couldn't take advantage of Mike Pelfrey the other night. Uh, this is a, this is an offense and a team that just seems to be completely lost in the wilderness right now. And Bundy, for as good as he's been in terms of uh, your quality start bonuses, which are fantastic for FanDuel purposes, um, his strikeouts, uh, you know, his strikeout ceiling isn't overly high. Um, so that sort of knocks down his... Um, his floor a little bit uh, and his ceiling as well uh, as for daily purposes. So I'm probably off of Bundy a little bit. And I know that the White Sox, they, they tend to uh, mash lefties more than they do righties. But right. I, th I think Bundy like has a fine game, but like I'm not sold that the Orioles get the win and I'm not sold that Bundy gets more than five or five strikeouts or so. Sounds like a fan who's down on his club. I've been there most of this. Oh, season yeah. With the Jays too, <laughs> my friend. So we're both suffering. Last year we were riding high and uh, yeah. I hope we get a chance to talk more more favorably about our respective clubs the rest of the way. What of the next group, John, from Jake Odorizzi uh, at 7900 down to Matt Garza at seventy. Five hundred dollars. 
Uh, Odorizzi is a guy that, that I like a lot for season long, but, uh, he's been a little bit home run prone, you know, 12 home runs allowed and in, in under 60 innings pitch. That's uh, not, not really a great mark, especially when you're going on the road against the blue Jays lineup that, that really has been heating up of late. So, uh, you know, it, like you just mentioned, we're sort of heading in the opposite directions as far as our feelings on our teams right now. I think the Blue Jays are starting to really uh, come around now that they're healthy. So it, it's a little bit tough for me to, to use Odorizzi against uh, the Blue Jays. I can see where he has a strikeout upside and, and a strong lineup behind him uh, to where he's a he's a fine play um, at 7,900. But I'm probably looking a little bit further down the board. I just feel a little bit uh, oogie using a, a pitcher at Toronto and then uh Brandon McCarthy uh he's a fine option he's been pitching very well uh this season but uh going against a Cleveland lineup that, that's pretty loaded top to bottom kind of feels like a bit of a sleeping giant uh I'm probably off of him as well Jordan Zimmerman I think uh I'm surprised that he's ranked this high above yeah. some other some of the other guys I he's been really you. really shaky all season and then for, for me it's just always tough to use a guy like a, a Taiwan Walker or a Matt Garza guys that are coming off the disabled list uh it's just you know even though Detroit probably hasn't seen a whole lot of Walker well I guess Walker used to be in the AL so maybe they have um it's it's a little bit tough to justify uh, a guy coming off a blister issue and and Garza going against St. Louis looks like St. Louis might be starting to turn things around a little bit in their own right so this tier just sort of uh turns me off as far as uh Daly is concerned today what do you think well I'll agree with every comment you said except for Odorizzi and that's only because I think the Jays have been spooked by the the Rays for the last couple of years they just own my club and uh, Odorizzi has nice career numbers while his opposite number Francisco Liriano's history is is just the polar opposite he's been terrible against Tampa in his career so when I see a hot pitcher against uh, the batting lineup uh, in the preview against a cold pitcher against a hot batting lineup uh, mm-hmm. That's a bad combination, and rarely do do they meet in in terms of the daily analysis. So I'll jump all over the Odorizzi pick, and I'll leak it to you and the listeners that that's going to be my pitcher of choice tonight against my uh, my favorite team. John, there are some sneaky value plays from the rest of the board, are, are, or are there actually? I'll ask you uh, from the remaining starters. Do you like any of them that are below this threshold? Uh, let's see. I I don't like Marquez or Gaviglio. Uh, Marquez, I feel like might draw a little bit of GPP consideration because people, you know, sort of like what I was saying about uh, using a, a Yankee starter against an Angels lineup that doesn't have Mike Trout. I think that uh, people tend to consider using a, a, a Colorado pitcher when they're not at cores and, and Pittsburgh's been pretty bad throughout the season, but Pittsburgh seems to be getting hot right now. They're, they're I think they're on a season high uh, four game winning streak. So things are turning around for them uh, to an extent. So I'm probably off of Marquez Gaviglio. Uh, it's just hard to use a pitcher in that series with, with just the way the ball has been flying out uh, to this point. But I think Brian Johnson might be a little bit interesting getting the home start against or, or getting the road start against Philadelphia. Um, he's been relatively solid in, in his previous outings. He's got uh, a pretty solid strikeout rate, at least he did in the minors, and he's a left-hander, so he might be might be able to trip up uh, some Philadelphia bats tonight uh, at just 6,900. And then uh, if you really want to just load up on bats tonight um, and use a total lottery ticket as your pitcher, I think Francis Martez would be, would be my guy. Uh, he's going against Texas, which is a little bit scary, but I think on the other side of that, Houston is going to be able to score some runs off of Andrew Kashner. And, and basically, with Martez, you're basically hoping for 
a sort of Brad Peacock line where he can get to get to five innings so he can qualify for the win, uh, strike out some guys along the way and just kind of limit the damage. You're not you're not expecting him to go particularly deep into the game, but you're expecting him to, to have a relatively high strikeout rate. And that, that's sort of what you're counting on there. And it just opens up so much uh, money for the rest of your bats. So I think that Martez uh, is is actually a consideration despite being fifty five hundred. You know, I think that he makes more sense than a lot of guys in this lower tier, too, just because of the quality of the team that he plays for. And the fact that he's a durable guy who's expected to go deeper into a game than a guy like Mike Montgomery. Don't be fooled by him, folks. He's a he's guy that hasn't been really stretched out and i haven't seen an appearance from him over four innings for a long while so uh, mm-hmm. if you're looking for a win out of him the win probability they're very low and uh, the other guys in this range gonzalez and Kashner and cool all guys that i figure could get lit up in in their circumstances even helixon in, included in that group but maybe brian johnson might be an interesting pick just because he's supported by a pretty strong boston offense too, right. too. so if he, he hangs around maybe he and martez are the guys for me in this range john that might make some sense uh before we go on into the rest of the show though we got to give our nod to our friends at FanDuel folks it's uh, back and it's better than ever we had a a, a bit of a slow start on my end uh, but I'm picking it up more recently and really enjoying it uh, all year round with all the sports at our disposal in FanDuel play fantasy baseball is there for everyday fans though right now and there's new contests starting every day there's no busted seasons just pick a contest choose your team and compete against other fans new this year there's an upgraded experience where they include late swap contests you can edit your players right up to the start time of their individual games there's no more worrying about a late lineup scratch or a sudden storm which used to bite me in the butt uh, regularly sure. last, last couple of years john and there's non-late swap contests that are still available too updated scoring in fact is a part of the new uh, FanDuel experience this year in baseball where quality starts were added so your pitchers will have more control over their own performance and really can have a chance to even get higher point totals than ever before there's a friends mode where you can create leagues for your friends there you choose the days you play each week contests will be created automatically plus there's a leaderboard which will keep track of how you are all stacking up against each other for those all-important bragging rights john we uh, combined for what i'll say is our best performance last week on the season mostly because i finally got off my butt and, and was near the money uh, yeah, you had a great lineup uh, and w- we both came up with some great great calls last week i think it was a, a record high and when I, when I look back to the the calls we've made on the season so i think we're just getting ready to get on a roll too going forward uh wonder how you feel about this week's picks uh, i'm fe- i'm feeling excited about it uh i think we're, we're starting to get to this time of the year where where um not only were we already seeing a record amount of home runs to begin with but now the weather's getting hot i mean a guy like eddie rosario hitting out of the nine <laughs> spot hit three home runs last night we had scooter freaking Jeanette hit four home runs last week like you're, you're the, still not over that I could tell. no no I'm still reeling I'm like <laughs> you know I got a straight jacket on but um yeah I mean so we're just you can find crazy pop from from the strangest places it seems like so I'm, I'm kind of interested in, in in how we navigate this board and sort of uh find power from from non-traditional sources so I think that that's sort of been a key of late and obviously last night uh, back to my original point with Rosario, um, you know, you can you can find it for cheap and you can find it out there in, in places that you wouldn't normally expect. You don't only have to use Aaron Judge to, to find a home run. 
Well said, John. And we'll remind our listeners, with FanDuel, you have all the fantasy that baseball has to offer. At FanDuel, you can be sports rich, and we really feel it here at Rotowire. Sign up today. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. There's a special offer for new users. Deposit today, and you'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription plus five free entries. That's up to $50 in value to try a variety of sports on FanDuel. That's FanDuel.com slash RW. All right, partner, let's get into our position-by-position picks, starting with the catchers where we see Gary Sanchez of the Yanks at $4,100, a full $700 ahead of the rest of the field. Is he a player fade for you, partner? Uh, probably I'm, I'm going the fade route for him. I think that, you know, 4,100 is just so much for a catcher. And I, I understand uh, him catching the highest price of, of any uh, catcher on the slate. But uh, I just, I with even with using a cheap uh, pitching option, it's just hard for me to justify uh, going going there when there are other you know very solid uh, catching options you know well down the board you know almost thousand dollars less or, or even more than that. Uh, so what, what's your read on Sanchez? Well, I agree with you. There's too many there's too many other guys right near him in this list that that are quality options in terms of what they've been doing late of late and if you blow your brains out at catcher you really limit your options at other positions where you really need to score big and that's like the corner infielders and and certainly in the outfield you want to get a big big bopper from those positions you really sacrifice that opportunity by going so big on a guy who is a quality hitter but is he worth blowing your brains out uh and really sacrificing at those other positions that i am in implied uh, it takes us to the next level john and i'm concerned about the houston uh, situation just because they've got two quality options at catcher you really got to make sure you get it right because you could be screwing yourself if you pick the wrong guy between mccann or gaddis they're in the top tier here uh over three thousand dollars what say you about either of them or anybody else down to yasmani grandal at thirty one hundred dollars yeah, McCann's kind of having a strange year where his where his success against right-handers isn't <clears throat> excuse me uh, hasn't been as good as it has against lefties, which is, which is uh, you know very odd to see from a left-handed bat, especially a guy like McCann that used to be kind of an automatic play against righties. So um, probably off of him at least a little bit. Um, Alex Avila has been putting together really quality at bats every week. So like he, he's like a very high floor catcher for me in this above 3000 tier, uh, Gaddis, I said, I'm, I was off of him recently and then he responded with one of his best games of the season. So, you know, I'm just not the Gaddis whisperer, I'm like the anti Gaddis whisperer, really. Uh, Jason Castro feels like a, a bit of a landmine to me. I do like getting bats from this game. Uh, but I feel like if you're, if you're going after a guy like Castro, you might be chasing points, even though it is. Uh, a favorable matchup against a guy like Sam Gaviglio. Um, so uh, moving down, I, I probably like Mike Zanino the the most of this like three thousand to thirty three hundred tier uh, just because of his pop upside. Um, even though he he does have a relatively tough matchup against Santana on the other side of that uh, game, but I do like Zanino a, a fair bit. He's really been just red hot since coming back from the minors. And you know I love to ride a guy that's red hot, so he's going to make it into my lineup there. I leaked my catcher of choice too. Maybe you would have picked the same guy, but I got in there first, John. Right on. Uh, I really like the matchup, like the fact. He's on a power surge of late, and and uh, Santana, even with these this great season that he's having, has been prone to the lawn well, particularly recently. So I think all things converge into a, a nice nice night for Zunino. But uh, I can't underscore enough that the the need to get the right Houston catcher. I don't think they'll put 
Gaddis and McCann in, in the same game. So make sure you get that one right because those guys are both uh, coming into it with significant upside in their matchup in, in this tier. So those are the guys that I would like to to tout uh, as well. John, what about the guys uh, below $3,000? There's some names here worthy of some uh, mention. Uh, who might light it up for you? Um, I think James McCann warrants some consideration. Uh, you'd prefer to have him be facing a lefty, but I think McCann is certainly in the running there. I think <clears throat> we could see a, a fair bit of runs in, in that game on both sides. So he's kind of interesting at 2,400. Also at 2,400, uh, someone that, that very quietly has been starting to put things together is Elias Diaz, the catcher for the Pirates. You know, he's only 2,400. Uh, he's got he's hitting 364 with an 872 OPS over the last week. His OPS is up to 962 over his last two weeks. So he's been you know getting it done consistently over the over this stretch. Um, he's going against the Colorado pitcher in, in German Marquez that I, that I already said I have some concerns about for this evening considering how well the pirates as a collective have been playing of late so i think diaz is a guy that that not going to be particularly highly owned doesn't really stand out at your first glance uh at your catcher slate but i think he does make a little bit of sense and he kind of uh gives you some separation uh from you know in terms of ownership and he certainly opens up some salary for you as well well, last year at this time, we were talking about Jonathan Lucroy a lot when we talked about catchers, and his price tag going into tonight's game is 2600 reflecting just how far he's fallen so far this season, John. But of late, he's picked it up a, quite a bit in his last six games, looking more like the all-star caliber catcher that uh, I rostered in a lot of li- season-long leagues last season. So I'm hoping for a, that comeback to continue, and maybe it does uh, with a bit of a performance tonight, too, for $2,600. That, to me, is a great value play in this range. I'll also include the fact that Yaddy Molina is uh, there at $2,700. Uh, look I like see, that as well. Look to see if he's in the lineup, too, because he uh, he is a guy that uh, is uh, obviously name recognition, but obviously uh, not having the season that he would like to be talking about either. So there's two guys who are had been regularly mentioned among the top catchers in the game that are really well down the list uh, on today's board and if you're uh, hoping for them to start uh, acting like their names suggest they should maybe tonight's the night to get on either one what about over the first base position we go to the top of the board no surprise that america's first baseman paul goldschmidt at the top of the list at forty six hundred dollars i had to do that for my nephew out there uh, john <laughs> uh he always reminds me of of goldie uh, i love it hero <laughs> and uh, he's one of four guys over the four thousand dollar range so uh, you can make a case for each of uh, goldie rizzo holiday and reynolds uh, who would you be on of these four if you had the choice uh, Goldschmidt, uh, his like road numbers haven't been as good as, as, as his home ones. And that's sort of, uh, symptomatic of the, of the entire diamondbacks lineup where they, they are like the best in baseball when they're at home, but those numbers kind of fizzle a little bit on the road. But I think Jordan Zimmerman in a matchup in Detroit is a smidge of an equalizer there. So I don't, I'm not as scared off by, by Goldie's, uh, road splits as I, as I initially was in taking a look at this one. Um, but I really like Rizzo right now as you know like I said I watched that Mets Cubs game last night uh Joe Madden moved him up to the leadoff spot and he responded by by just absolutely mashing a bomb I think he had a few other uh extra base hits during the outing so he he looked like he you know that was one of his best games and it looks like like I said the Cubs are starting to come around a little bit I think that you know, a guy like Harvey, a right-hander, so he draws a platoon advantage there. Forty-one hundred for a guy like Rizzo that that no part can hold him. So you're not afraid of of the city 
field element to it. Uh, I just think that Rizzo would be my choice at 4,100, even more so than than guys like Holiday against Shoemaker or Reynolds in Pittsburgh against Chad Cool. When did Mark Reynolds become this version of Mark Reynolds? It's incredible what it's he, awesome. It's good to see. I, I've it always is, liked Mark Reynolds, so good for him. Incredible turnaround, but you know what? I, I I'm happy for him, but I just can't buy into it when I could get a Rizzo in this range, like you suge- suggested, for a hundred dollars more. And we have to remind our listeners that he's facing that shaky Matt Harvey. Uh, so that throw that into the mix, and he leaps to the head of the class in, in this whole grouping for me, including Goldschmidt. I'll say. Uh, so uh, that's my thoughts there in the next tier we got justin smoke from the hometown blue jays this guy just continues to inch that average and the obp and the slugging up a tick every week and i'm wondering how where the ceiling is for this guy he's hitting 60 points above his career batting average at 3900 dollars, and got the tough matchup tonight against odorici but he's there at 3900 what say you about him or any of the other guys down to the 3500 dollar range uh, I like smoke in in this case. Um, you know, like you said, Odorizzi is pretty tough. But if there's one sort of knock on how Odorizzi's done this year, he's been a little bit home run prone. So uh, Smoke's got 14 of his home runs against right-handers uh, this season. Uh, so I think that he makes some sense if you know if you don't want to go for that top tier and you don't want to punt at first base. I think that Smoke would would be my guy probably. Uh, moving down a little bit, I think a guy like Mitch Moreland draws the draws the uh, lefty righty matchup against Jeremy Hellickson. Um, I think that he makes some sense as well. All nine of uh, Moreland's home runs uh, have come against right-handers this season. Uh, his home his home power numbers haven't been as good as they are on the road, and I believe they are on the road uh, this evening. So I think that that certainly helps uh, Moreland's cause. Those are the two guys that stand out to me. I think, whereas like I feel a little bit if you're on guys like Edwin Encarnacion, uh, Miguel Cabrera, and Carlos Santana that are also in that tier. For me, double E rates a mention. Uh, I think he's starting to warm up a little bit, John. Uh, the power numbers are creeping up a little bit. The consistency in getting hits per game, uh, heat increasing. And the whole offense seems to be coming together a little bit for the Indians. So that could be bad news for the rest of the American League if it continues. I've seen this guy get on a tear before, and it was a pretty sight in the Blue Jays' colors. But uh, I'm, I'm going to have a different perspective now, and, and I've seen this act before. I think it's time to get on him, and I, I have no problem saying that, to me, he's the guy that, that shakes down as, as the clear, uh, solid pick in this range for me. I, I'm tired of waiting on Miguel Cabrera. The name recognition, yep. again, is there, but the numbers just aren't backing it up. The price tag may be inflated a little bit too much based on what he's returning so far. Carlos Santana, I think, is in the same boat. Uh, not not really, uh, almost like uh, in Canassian, I'll say uh, a guy whose bat is heating up a little bit and a guy who I might be on if, if not taking doubly and saving some money in this range. So a couple of thoughts in this range in addition to what you said. I own Smokey a lot in uh, stuff this year, and he's been rewarding me, so I don't want to put too much more pressure on him tonight in this, in the, <laughs> in this range. I'd love to see him go deep, though. <laughs> what about uh, below 3,400 down to 3,000? There's a bunch of names here, John. It's a big group, and uh, who do you like and who do you not, maybe? 
Uh, we yeah, we have one of the rare nights where there's a ton of value at right. first base with a, with like a lot of upside. I, I really like how Matt Carpenter's been starting to swing the bat over the last week or so. Uh, seven game hit streak, seven extra base hits in that stretch. I think three home runs, four doubles, something like that. Uh, he's raised his average twenty three points in that span. Uh, and again, he's coming. He's going against a pitcher that's coming off the DL. So I think that. All those things boost Carpenter. I think he's really settled in since, uh, you know, just like I said about Rizzo moving into the lineup spot, Carpenter seems to have been, uh, seems to be very comfortable hitting uh, from that one spot as well. And that's, I think the Cardinals are going to stick with that for now until, you know, he, he starts to, you know, become human again. And then uh, Tommy Joseph against Brian Johnson. If you, if you disagree with my Brian Johnson take from earlier, you know, you got Tommy Joseph who brings a considerable amount of pop upside there and he, he draws a, a soft tossing left-hander so i think that you know if you're betting on a home run there joseph could certainly provide that um i think logan morrison is a trap i know the 3200 is a really nice price tag for a guy that has almost 20 home runs at this at this juncture of the season but uh going against a left-hander it, that makes that takes me away uh from morrison you know he's a guy that only hits 200 against southpaw so not for me um and then eric tames at 3000 i think is tempting i'm not i can't quite convince myself whether he's a trap or not at this price tag um based on what he's done throughout the season versus what he's done uh you know of in terms of most recently, but, uh, you know, again, against a guy like Mike Leake and Thames's power is, is beyond question here. I think that he makes a little bit of sense at 3000 as well. You know what? I feel bad overlooking a guy like Mitch Moreland in the last range. So I'm going to give him a bit of a shout out 10 hits in his last five games, uh, overshadowed by the absence of David Ortiz. I'll admit, maybe that that's what clouded my thinking here, but I think this is a great matchup for him at 3,500 against Alexson. I'll throw that name in. I also like Jose Abreu big time in, in, in tonight's matchup against the Orioles, uh, even though they're he's facing Dylan Bundy. Abreu is hitting for power, hitting for average, and uh, doing it regularly over the last couple of weeks. So that big hot stick is attractive at $3,400, a little lower than the top tier guys, but just as much power as almost any of them. So sure. uh, a sensible pick there for me. Uh, a guy that I'm fading is a Hanley Ramirez in this range, a guy who uh, had a great year last season, but nowhere near it. Uh, I expect Boston to produce big, big crooked numbers tonight against Philly, but I just don't see him being a part of it. So I'll fade him in this group. Kendris Morales, another guy that I'll fade just because uh, he's been more missed than hit uh, for the Blue Jays of late gets a tough matchup against Odorizzi tonight I don't think it's in the cards for uh, the Jays DH this evening uh, and Logan Morrison on the other side though carrying a hot stick for Tampa we sh- he showed it last night and he has every chance to do it again tonight against Liriano I'm not fearful of the lefty on left uh, matchup here just because this guy's shown so much pop all season long with 18 homers and 41 RBIs he's been doing it against all comers this season so Morrison in Toronto uh, the, the Rays have lit up the Jays pitching staff all year long and I see it continuing tonight in this matchup Morrison may be a part of that story as well uh, what about guys like Valencia and Thames and on down below the $3,000 threshold John uh, like I said uh, Thames Thames is certainly on the board at 3000 for me um, Valencia you're getting you're getting you know pretty cheap exposure to that to that game that that has I believe the highest implied over under on the night but on the other side of that 
I like Kenny's Vargas a little bit. Yeah, he's hit. He hits in the middle third of that Minnesota lineup. Uh, you know, he's he's cheap at twenty nine hundred. Gets to go against Gaviglio, and you don't think that Gaviglio is going to make it deep into that game, which is a huge issue for a Mariners team that obviously just gave up twenty runs last night. So that's a really really worn out bullpen. Uh, Vargas has six home runs uh, and eighty one at bats against right handers this season. Uh, so I think that Vargas. 2,900, again, just a cheap, cheap exposure to, to a game where there, there, uh, there's no reason to think there aren't going to be a ton of runs, uh, scored this evening. So give me Vargas at 2,900. I love that call, John, because other than that, there are some name recognition guys, but they're underperforming. I'm looking at a guy like Albert Pujols in this range too. Chris Carter, who's more missed than hit with the Yankees. So uh, I think you picked the, mo- the most sensible guy. The one guy that I think that I, I would recommend in this range is, is Vargas, as you suggested. So we're on the same guy in the cheap range. If you want to punt this position, why, why you would, I don't know, but uh, that would be an option if you're running counter to, uh, in terms of really an ultimate contrarian play, I suppose. Uh, we move to the second base position where uh, there's no big names over $4,000, but there's one guy who's close, and that's Brian Dozier. He and Jose Altuve and Ian Kinsler, in fact, the only three guys over the $3,500 mark. So I would ask you, John, if you're going to go big here, which of these three guys might you like above the field? Yeah, I'm going to pay up at second base here today, and I'm going to go with the guy in Dozier that's the table setter for a Twins lineup that's just red hot right now. And I know it feels a little bit like you're trying to catch lightning in a bottle twice here um, with going after a bunch of Twins, but I think that Dozier makes some sense. He's been consistent throughout the year. He doesn't need to hit a home run in order to pay off for you because he does have that stolen base potential. And I think that he has the on-base potential as well. So, you know, he gets aboard. I think the rest of that lineup is good enough top to bottom to, to you know, get him uh, across the plate there. So I, I like Dozier's run potential. Uh, I think that he's, you know, a very good bet to, to go for double digits this evening. So I like him the most of this top tier guy, uh, top tier guys. But I totally understand if you want to save 300 and go with Altuve, um, I probably wouldn't go the Kinsler route. I think that's a bit rich for, for what I think Kinsler can can uh, provide in terms of a return. I agree with you on Kinsler, but I'm of the three here, I'm going to go with Altuve. You talked about table setter Dozier. You can say much the same thing for Jose Altuve. And look at the offense that's behind him on the the league-leading Astros. They get a good matchup tonight against a Texas pitcher who I think is very hittable. And so I I like this matchup for not only Altuve, but the rest of the club against Andrew Kashner and the Texas Rangers here tonight. So uh, for $3,600, I'll save the $300, and it'll be interesting to see. Maybe a a Canadian loony against a U.S. dollar to see who of the second (laughs) baseman performs tonight. I'm in. All right, John, I like that. Let's go for the next tier. Thirty-five hundred down to say thirty-two hundred dollars, thirty-one hundred dollars. Let's throw Cano into the mix. Um, you know, Sc- Scope's a guy. He's been one of the very few bright spots of that Orioles lineup of late. Uh, Lemayhew's another guy that you know it hits hits in the top third of one of the most potent lineups in all of baseball. Both those games have a bit of weather concern though, so you gotta you know make sure that that's not an issue by the time uh, lineup lock is starting to roll around there. Uh, so that sa- that same thing goes for for a guy like Josh Harrison. I like Starlin Castro a fair bit at thirty four hundred. Uh, he's just quietly been going about his business, been extremely consistent uh, throughout the season while the kind of the rest of that lineup is stealing the headlines. Uh, he's just, you know, producing seemingly night in and night out. Right. Um, whereas like Odor is a guy that, 
you know, you and I have, have tricked ourselves into using him before this season. I know that he went yard, I think, twice last night. Yeah. Um, and I think that's going to end up with a lot of people tr- chasing those points again. Um, but I, I'm not sure that I that I see it uh, from him, at least at the 3,300 mark, when, when there are guys like uh, Robinson Cano uh, that are underneath him in terms of price uh, in, in game, in better matchups, in my opinion. So I would take Cano uh, of this group, Cano or Castro. Yeah, I like those two names, and I'll throw the name of Josh Harrison into the mix, too. This guy's got the homer potential. He's hitting for average. He's got a matchup against a guy who's got a uh, not uh, a very flattering ERA going into the game in Marquez tonight. So all things point to a possibility for a productive evening for Harrison in addition to the guys that you mentioned. I'm, I'm all over a guy like a Castro tonight, too. I think that's a great suggestion, John, uh, in this range. Any value plays of note? under the 3000 at 3000 or below for you um i think chase utley is a guy that's been quietly pretty solid throughout the season um he's a guy that that makes a little bit of sense against kluber you know that he's at least not going to be particularly uh highly owned ian happ uh he's a guy that struck out four times last night but he also slam so parse that out uh however you will uh you know you're getting a cheap part of that uh cubs lineup that i think both of us agree is going to score some runs against matt harvey so i think uh hap hap and uh utley would be my two guys from from under three thousand but i know that you have an interesting uh suggestion down here as well i'll save it for a second because i also want to talk about jason kipnis right at three thousand dollars here john and that's because he like edwin Encarnacion, a veteran guy who's just starting to get it together the, the offensive pop is starting to show up with this, some extra base power over the last 10 games that we hadn't seen from him earlier in the season gets a favorable matchup tonight lefty on righty in terms of the starting pitcher mccarthy so i like that factor as well so for three thousand dollars you can get the all-star caliber second baseman into your lineup but for me brandon drury gets the nod twenty four hundred dollars i'm saving money here with a pick like drury look at the numbers on the season a 296 batting average eight homers 28 rbis look what he's done lately too four hits last night two doubles but before that hits in three more games and hits in six of his last seven games in total so i'm taking a hot stick that's got eight rbis in that stretch and uh six five runs in in that same stretch so putting together double digit nights regularly in FanDuel play why wouldn't i put him in for twenty four hundred dollars gives me great flexibility uh a contrarian play in some person people's eyes i'm shocked that he's priced at only twenty four hundred dollars john no, I, I love Drury's upside. He's definitely been a part of a, several of my lineups that have cashed this year. So I really like that call as well. I think that that that, uh, that makes a ton of sense here, especially against a guy like Jordan Zimmerman. So I'll be curious to see if you follow my lead in, into our staff free roll tonight with that choice. I know we don't have to. We can put the same guys in, and uh, we do that from time to time too when we modify our lineups for those purposes. So right. I'll, be, I'll be watching you, partner. All righty. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go to the third base position, and the guy at the top of this list is white hot for the Blue Jays. John Josh Donaldson is on fire, uh, playing at an MVP caliber level, uh, priced at $4,300, heads the field of, uh, of uh, third baseman. There's two other guys along with him in that 4,000 plus range. So what say you about Donaldson, Jake Lamb, and Nolan Arenado? 
Uh, yeah, I think Donaldson uh, is the clear top choice at, at third base tonight. I think Lamb is a very close second, though. I think you know that that's obviously reflected on the board here. But uh, Lamb's a guy that that I use uh, in pretty much all, all my cash lineups almost all the time. Uh, anytime that I can get a, a Goldschmidt and Lamb pairing, uh, especially you know we got an AL ballpark, shaky pitcher on the mound. If you can if you can swing that, you obviously you're gonna have to go down the board a bit. Uh, as far as your pitcher's concerned. But I think that if you go that Lamb-Goldschmidt route, you're getting the 3-4 hitters of that Diamondbacks lineup. Uh, that's always very appealing to me. Uh, and then moving down uh, the board a little bit, uh, Miguel Sano, uh, you know, just kind of going with my theme today of, of using some twins. Um, I think that Sano is, is a guy that he's yet to do, uh, you know, the, the extensive damage in this series. He's kind of let the rest of his teammates pile on the, on the Mariners. But I think that uh, he gets back in the lineup tonight. And I think that he, uh, you know, is part of a, a twins lineup that scores a ton of runs on the Mariners. What the hell is going on with Manny Machado? He's priced, I think, appropriately and, and gets a good matchup. $3,900, the price tag on the season, the batting average is not there. But of late, John, he's really starting to rip it up a little bit for your club. Uh, what's the you about him and the other guys in this plus $3,500 range? Uh, it, it's tough for me to, to use a guy like Machado uh, when when he's priced the same as uh, as 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 a Sano or a Chris Bryant based on uh, pro- overall production. You know, I think Bryant and Sano are a lot safer picks. Uh, I know that you said you said that uh, Machado has been getting you know a little bit hotter of late since since he returned to the lineup from that wrist uh, injury, but I, I'm just not so sure that I see it right now. I just, I'm not sure if I want many parts of that Baltimore lineup outside of like a Trey Mancini or a Jonathan scope. Uh, so I'm probably, I think that Machado is probably overpriced, honestly. Wow. I'm shocked. I need, <laughs> I need a moment here, John. I can't believe this. I mean, they they never, stink. They I've stink. never heard you so down on this club. They're even ahead of mine still in the standings. So how I, how bad should I feel about my Blue Jays? Holy well, crap. Well, you, at least yours has like a positive run differential. The Orioles have been frauds for about a month, and then it's it's the chickens are just coming home to roost right now. Well, one guy who loves coming into Toronto and, and is a guy that I'm on this range, it's time to talk about Evan Longoria. My first chance to put him in a lineup in our Wednesday pods this year, and you can bet that I'm not wasting any time. I'm thinking about it because he just lights up the Jays on a regular basis, comes in with a uh, great history against uh, Liriano in that head-to-head matchup, the two veterans. So all things point to Longo having a big evening in Toronto. And it pains me to say this, but I'm going to be on him in a big way in this group. To me, he stands out above all the others. And uh, and I think he makes he makes total sense given, given what I've seen. I've seen too much of this matchup. And I know sure. how it turns out more often than not. So, boy, we're, we're really down on our clubs and that seems to be a recurring theme throughout the show here that's sad we got to turn it turn it around maybe with some of the later picks john what about some of the guys below this range uh, uh, filling out the rest of the third base uh, roster that possible that's possible tonight uh, Jed Jerko's got some pop at, at 3,200, you know, and he's a guy that, that might be hitting out of the cleanup spot against Garza. So at 3,200, he might make some sense for you. Uh, Michael Franco, if you, if you buy into the idea of him turning things around, he gets a soft tossing left-hander. Maybe he gets things going, uh, this evening in Philadelphia. Um, but this, this kind of is an uninspired third base uh uh board honestly you know beyond beyond pretty much 
where where you left off with Longoria, it's it's a little bit tough to to really find someone that really jumps out to you. Um, so I guess you know Jerko and Franco would, would sort of be my guys, but I, I'm probably not. Uh, really really going heavily after either of them well have a look at what nick castellanos has done lately john he's oh and wilmer flores too actually he, against the lefty sorry castellanos had a huge hitting streak of late with some power uh, doubles and homers mixed in so i like him a lot in what should be a high scoring affair in that detroit arizona tilt i'll take uh, the home guy at third base at thirty one hundred dollars in, in a couple of lineups tonight i think if I get around to it, Michael Franco might be the top pick of mine if we look below the $3,000 range uh, with some pop in his bat, a guy that I might try and fit in. I wonder if you agree with that pick or you see any other value plays at third base. Logan Forsythe, another guy that, that might be a possibility at $2,400. Uh, I, I mean, uh, yeah, Franco, Franco's a guy that I, th- I think makes some sense. He, you know, low ownership and, and uh, there's some upside there. Uh, Forsyth, very, cons- very uh, you know, a solid guy that I think uh, is not quite hitting to, to the no. level that we can expect from him this season. I think that that could turn around, but I'm probably not using him against Kluber, to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. I just like what he's done lately. He's got some some hits under under his belt, and maybe uh, a total flyer. Like that's your, what you're looking at here. Some guy who's showing sure. a flicker of life. He will be low, uh, quite lowly owned. And and Kluber, as I said off the top, is a guy that I would fade in terms of the pitching. I don't like what I've seen out of him uh, of late. You highlighted some good numbers. I've highlighted some bad ones. I'm going to say on my side of the coin on this one. And Forsythe might be a guy who shocks the world this evening with uh, with uh, that matchup. So, Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what it's all about, though. A little disagreement is good, John. I, I like this. What, sure. a, what about at the shortstop position, the top of the board, Carlos Correa, of course, an all-star caliber player, leads the pack there. He, uh, Corey Seager, Francisco Lindor, t- t- the top three guys. Again, I'll ask you of this group, make the case for the guy that you like the best. Uh, I like Correa the most. I think that you know his lineup right now and where he hits in that lineup is as good as as good as anything. I mean, uh, if you watched his home run last night, uh, the ball is basically thrown like almost to his collarbone. He was able to turn on it and put it in the Crawford boxes in Houston. Uh, so that was just an absurd display of bat speed and power. Um, and I think that Correa will be able to do so again tonight against Kashner. I think that um, you know it's no secret. I like the I like the Strohs and I like the Twins a lot for my bats tonight. So even though it's 4100, uh, I do love Carlos Correa tonight. Yeah, I agree with you. The other guys are going head to head in a battle that that uh, might not see them either one of them be very productive given the quality of the, uh, the situations that they're facing here. I'll make this uh, that statement. But Correa for me, an all-star caliber guy, gets the favorable matchup pitching wise, and that lineup uh, speaks for itself. So stands alone uh, justifiably for me. Then in the next year, of course, Gene Segura injured. But he's on the DL with the ankle injury price at $3,500. Don't go there. But you might want to go for either of Bogarts or Gregorius. I can't believe Didi Gregorius so far this season, John. I don't know where this is coming from. That angel dust at shortstop must be all over this guy and, right. uh, to account for the fact that he is kind of like the uh, the shortstop option, uh, similar to what Justin Smoke has done. He's j- the average, the on-base percentage, the slugging, it's all going higher and higher all season long well above career norms and uh where does it end for this guy i'm curious to see whether you whether you agree that he is a solid pick this evening or where do you go in this range john from 3500 down to 3100 let's say 
No, I, I'm totally with you on Gregorius. You know, even though he doesn't hit in the top third or, or the middle third, usually of the of that lineup, he's been just consistently producing. The Yankees lineup always is putting guys on in front of him. It seems like, or, or they're able to drive him across once he gets on base. So I do love uh, Gregorius uh, for this for this matchup against Shoemaker. I think the Yankees should be able to push uh, some runs across there. I probably prefer him uh, to a guy Alexander Bogarts this evening. And then uh, further down the board, um, I'm always a fan of, of Zogard. Zogard when I can get him at 3100, uh, draws a lefty righty matchup, which is you know the the time that you want to use him. You'll have to make sure that he's in the lineup, but I, I think that Zogard, you know, is a part of that Brewers order that that can certainly inflict some damage. So uh, Gregorius and and uh, Zogard would be my two picks from that tier. Yeah, you know, for me, it's nice to see a guy like Alvis Andrus get uh, some love this year, too. At $3,400, he's having a pretty good season and is priced mm-hmm. accordingly tonight. Uh, the, much was expected of this guy earlier in his career, and I, I think this is one of the better years in his uh, in his slate. And uh, I, I like him at this price point and this matchup this evening in a, in a matchup that both teams will be fired up for. We know it's a cross-state rivalry, so maybe that extra intangible factors into maybe picking him in a lineup or two tonight. Bogarts, for my money, uh, not the power guy that you'd like uh, at this position. If you're looking for power, look elsewhere. But if you're looking for a guy who's capable of multi-hit games, some damage on the base paths, and a lineup that could score a lot of runs, that adds up to why he's priced at $3,500 and makes good sense to me in this grouping here. But if we move down the list, I wonder what you think about the rest of the board here at at the shortstop position. Um, I, I mean, for me, I'm 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 pretty much going exclusively Correa tonight. Um, it, it's hard uh, for me to to really go uh, too much further further down than that. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of Tim Anderson's tools and his potential, so he's a guy that that stands out a little bit. I think Tulowitzki at 2700 uh, makes a bit of sense as well. Michael Martinez uh, probably not using him this evening, uh, so I, I'm really not into the value plays. It, just sort of like at third base, I'm I'm just not really. Uh, feeling anything below the more more expensive options for shortstop well i'll throw one name out there that might uh, change our listeners opinion a little bit that's addison russell he's had a couple of home runs home runs over the last three games and hits in all three of them and uh, he gets that shaky matt uh, matt harvey tonight i think the cubs go go big and go often against him and and uh the Cubs sec- uh, shortstop could be a part of that that whole situation. Twenty nine hundred dollars worth a flyer for me in in one lineup uh, for sure tonight. Over to the outfield we go, John, to wind up our analysis position by position wise. The aforementioned Aaron Judge, the fir- the only guy above five thousand on tonight's board, fifty one hundred dollars. All that hype around him puts him at the head of the pack, but there are one, two, three, four, five, six guys. Well, we'll discount Michael Conforto day to day with a back injury. So five guys over the four thousand dollar mark. Which of these guys does it for you this evening? Uh, I I got to go with Nelson Cruz. Uh, I see, you know, like we were talking about with Judge. Uh, I guess he's that's like Bryce Harper territory yeah. as far as his pricing is concerned, yeah. or Mike Trout territory. Um, so that's pretty incredible to see, but. Um, I do like Cruz the most uh, here. He's 4,600, so that's pretty expensive, obviously. Uh, third most expensive on the board, third most expensive hitter. Um, I think he's tied with Goldschmidt, so um, obviously pricey, but uh, again, I like I like getting as, men, as much exposure to that game 
as as I physically can tonight. Uh, so going, I'm definitely going that route. Uh, certainly more so than than a guy like uh, Shinsu Chu or exactly. or JD Martinez. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me too, John. In fact, I had to resist the temptation. You know that Nelson Cruz is one of my fantasy favorites in in uh, FanDuel play. Uh, I'm going to still try and find a way to squeeze him in if I can. But right now, uh, I agree with the, the pick in terms of the cream of the crop in this range for the value that I could expect. Uh, what about moving down to the likes of Mookie Betts and others from thirty his thirty nine hundred dollar price tag to say thirty seven hundred dollars? That's a big group that ends with Brett Gardner. Let's take a look at that group. Uh, I'll take George Springer uh, first and foremost uh, from this group thirty nine hundred again. You know, just getting as much exposure to that Astros game as possible. Corey Diggerson would be more appealing to me. Um, if he wasn't facing a lefty, but just kind of like Logan Morrison, um, you know, I think that there are better options, better matchups uh, in this range. Uh, so probably laying off of him. Um, I think Jay Bruce could make some sense, although I don't think he draws, you know, he does not draw the platoon advantage there. So uh, I might actually have to move off of him. Uh, whereas Bellinger, I mean, he homered off of Andrew Miller last night. So, I mean, it, it's oh, hard to, it's hard, which is, you know, basically borderline impossible. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's a guy that, that, uh, certainly, uh, deserves some, some credit, some recognition, and, uh, definitely some consideration, uh, for your lineup choices tonight. And Aaron Hicks has also just been getting the job done uh, at 3,700. You know, he's really, uh, filled in ably in that, in center field for the Yankees without, uh, Jacoby Ellsbury. And it looks like he's going to, he's going to stick there. Um, I think that he's one of those guys from the 2008 draft class, just like Justin smoke that people have been waiting for them to kind of reach their potential. It seems like they, both of them are starting to do so this season. So Hicks also, uh, would be a guy to consider in this range. I look at a guy over the last couple of weeks who's trying to get back to that MVP caliber year that he enjoyed last season. That's Mookie Betts for me, uh, John. At $3,900, I don't see the season-long numbers matching up with that price tag. But when I look at what he's doing lately, I feel a little bit better about saying that I, I might take a piece of him tonight in, in my staff free roll uh, against the Philadelphia team that I think is way overmatched in this series and certainly way overmatched tonight. And uh, I could see Betts being uh, in for a, a big night. So I'll, I'll take a flyer on him uh, in this range. I think, and at least one of the, the rosters I put together. Love your call on Springer. To me, it's a flip of the coin between the two of them. May, maybe I'll even uh, listen to you and go that route just because of the power numbers that he's been able to put up all year long. Love the call. It's too bad. A guy like Ryan Braun is still on the shelf on the DL. AJ Pollock also on the DL with a groin. So you'll fade those guys, folks. And maybe look at a guy, Nomar Mazzaro. I love the way the Rangers have brought this kid along. Uh, uh, John, last year they put him at the bottom of the lineup. This year now they've got him in the middle of it. They're starting to get their act together in Texas, and this guy has been a real consistent uh, part of it all season long. So maybe another guy that makes sense at the top of the board there at $3,900. Jose Bautista for the Blue Jays, uh, starting to come around a little bit the uh, last couple of weeks quietly, I'll say. And uh, I think they need him to lead lead this team if they're going to go anywhere. And, and the time is now. This team has to take off sooner rather than later. Otherwise, we'll be talking and trades uh, soon in Toronto. So I look for Jose Bautista to really rev it up, and maybe he starts that tonight uh, against the rival uh, 
team from Tampa. What about uh, if we go a little bit lower? I'm also going to throw out one more. Well, let's go to the $3,600. Uh, I'll throw include them in this mix. $3,600 on down to, say, $3,300, John. There's a bunch of names here. I'm going to start you off by one of the hot sticks in the in the league right now, Andrew McCutcheon, who's been on a tear like like we haven't seen from him in a couple of years. So I'm, I'm going to ride that uh, wave. Uh, and, and I wonder if you like it uh, or you're looking elsewhere in this range. Yeah, I'm feeling oddly optimistic about the Pirates uh, for for this evening, and and you know maybe maybe as a potential turnaround candidate here, uh, for, at least from the NL uh, perspective. You know, he hit two home runs last night. Uh, I think that was his first multi-home run game since at least uh, last season. So uh, I think that things are going in the right direction as far as he is concerned. Uh, moving down a little bit, um, Mitch Hanniger has been uh, tremendous since he came off the disabled list. Again, that's another part of that uh, Twins-Mariners game that, that uh, promises to score a ton of runs. And then I'm surprised that Steven Souza is only 3,200 uh, when he draws a left-hander. Um, I don't, I'm not sure what the reasoning behind that is when he's been uh, also one of uh, the best raised power hitters overall this season. So he's, he screams uh, value to me. I think uh, if you want to get some exposure to that raise lineup, 3,200 just for Souza um, and, and he hits in the middle of that lineup. So uh, he makes a ton of sense to me as well. And I'll add the name of Jackie Bradley, just because I'm going to go for a Boston stack against Philadelphia in some of my lineups and, Smart. and he he'll be a part of the, that play for sure. So in that range, any other value guys below the 3000 mark before we move on to our lineups and the Rotowire Optimizer. Um, I would say Aaron Altair is a guy that makes some sense. Lefty-righty matchup again. You know, I've mentioned a few Phillies uh, this evening going against Brian Johnson. Love that uh, call. It, it could work. Uh, Keon Broxton's another guy I like a little bit. Uh, Cargo, just 2800 uh, you know, we're, 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 we've been waiting on him just the way we've been waiting on Lucroy and, and Miggy and all those guys this season. Uh, but maybe, maybe he'll be able to pay off a little bit there, but I, I don't really see the need to go too much deeper down that list. You know, anywhere from 2,800, you can get quality guys like Jason Hayward. Uh, you can get an Adam Jones or a Yasiel Puig. So there, there's a ton to like from 28 to 3000. Um, so you don't really have to go a whole lot, uh, shallower than that as far as your price pool is concerned. Absolutely. Absolutely a great, great suggestion, John. Let's move on then to uh, the windup of the show, which includes a look at our lineups. And I'm curious to see what yours is going to look like in our staff free roll. All right, so I'm going to go with the, with the Houston pitcher Martez, uh, you know, just to kind of open up the salary cap to to fit in some other options, and then at catcher I'm going to go with Elias Diaz of the Pirates, uh, just 2,400, I believe, and then at first base, the first part of my uh, twin stack, Kenny's Vargas, uh, just 2,900. Uh, moving on to second base, I got Brian Dozier at tw- at 3,900. Uh, again, the more, most expensive second baseman on the board, but I think he's worth it. Uh, third base going with, with Miguel Sano. So again, uh, really, really bullish on the twins this evening, uh, shortstop Carlos Correa. Um, and then the outfield, I got George Springer to kind of add on to that, to that Houston stack. Uh, Nelson Cruz is a guy in, in the outfield at 4,600 that I was able to fit in because of the cheap pitcher. And then Steven Souza was, was my, uh, third outfielder, but I might pivot to Hanager um, in order to kind of pair him 
uh, with Nelson Cruz in that Seattle lineup. I like that call. Uh, I'll counter with Jake Odorizzi of Tampa in Toronto. I spoke of the the mastery that the Rays have had over the Jays. He has had a mastery over the active Jays batters, and I don't like the fact that his counterpart has really stunk against Tampa's pitchers, so I look for Liriano to struggle or Odorizzi to receipt for the win. $7,900 gives me some flexibility elsewhere. I start to use it a catcher with Mike Zunino. We talked about the hot stick. Five, five multi-hit games in his last 10 with power. Why wouldn't you jump on it? At first base, double E, Edwin Encarnacion. I, 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 he's heating up. I've seen it before, and I'm buying it. Brandon Drury uh, saved me some more money, $2,400 for a hot stick in Arizona on, a cheap, on the cheap tonight. Why not? Evan Longoria, a longtime favorite of mine in FanDuel play, gets the favorable matchup against Liriano. An OPS of 1.127 over 25 uh, at-bats with nine hits included for $3,600. Screams value play to me tonight. Didi Gregorius and that angel dust at shortstop for $3,500. Uh, he's, he's playing on fire. The best, best I've ever seen out of him. Uh, $3,500 is a great price tag for him. Then in the outfield, yep. I got Mookie Betts, Andrew McCutcheon, and Jackie Bradley. I told you why, why on each case, hoping that the, the hot recent performance of Andrew McCutcheon really leads my team tonight, John. And uh, for the Rotowire Optimizer, what is it cooked up for this evening? Uh, looks like it's got us starting off with uh, Sam Gaviglio at pitcher. So that sort of flies in the face of my strategy. So whether you trust the optimizer or you trust me, that's up to you. Um, but but Gaviglio at 7,300 certainly opens up some salary uh, relief for you. Uh, moving down to catcher, we got uh, Russell Martin uh, of your guys at Toronto Blue Jays. And we got Eric Thames going against Mike Leake at just 3,000. Uh, Robbie Cano uh, at second base, just 3,100. We like that price a lot for him. Yeah. Uh, moving over to the hot corner, uh, Nolan Arenado at Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, he's a guy that no part can hold him. So he makes a lot of sense to me at 4,000, even though he's going against a hard thrower and Chad cool. Um, and then at shortstop, uh, Corey Seager going against Kluber. So that, that was a little bit tougher, tougher to me that, than, uh, Correa, but then again, he's $400 cheaper. So, uh, that certainly factors into it. Uh, and then moving to the outfield, really star studded outfielder, uh, is what the optimizer is suggesting here. We got Bryce Harper at 4,600, uh, Mookie Betts, uh, at 3,900 and, uh, cargo at 2,800. So, uh, we both agree that, that cargo is a really nice value for the outfield. Absolutely. I like the fact that they stuck Mookie Betts in there for me. Uh, <laughs> I got two questions for you before we wind it up, John. Do you like this 10-day DL? For my part, I like the flexibility it gives a manager, and nobody does that better than your guy in Baltimore, to bring in help for these very short-term injuries. There's no need to have a dead spot on the roster for 15 days. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, you know, uh, you know, some teams are using it uh, almost to an alarming degree. Uh, we've seen that a little bit. I think like the Dodgers have been really, really... Uh, and, you know, injuries happen, so certainly... You know, sometimes you just do need to to toss a guy on the on the DL like that. So it it hasn't it hasn't overly influenced um, my view my view on it one way or the other, uh, whether it's 15 or 10 days. But I think overall, it's pro- it's probably for the best to have to have that 10 day. I think that it, it's less restrictive to you know being able to have a guy come back in in less than two weeks. I think that's a good thing overall. I think that's well said. What about the fact that more relievers are being rostered than ever before, John? It means very few offensive moves at a manager's disposal. For my part, I don't like that too much. I like the fact that you can stick in a uh, late-inning pinch hitter who is a real viable option or you have the chance for some 
flexibility if you want to bolster your defense to defend a lead it's very your options are very limited when when there's maybe two or three guides on your entire bench that you can throw into a game well you know it, it it's great when you do have a a, a lineup that uh, can pretty much sustain itself and that and then you're able to kind of really go specialization uh with your bullpen i mean look at the look at the astros they're able to to sort of like toss out basically a long reliever as a starter and piggyback him with someone else and get multiple innings out of these relievers so uh, you know it's basically the brian kenny school of bullpenning basically it's been and it's really coming to fruition uh and it's you know for for the most part it's been working i know that the short bench uh can be frustrating for a team that that you know isn't isn't uh owning a lineup that is you know particularly you know either it's not fully healthy or just not clicking on all cylinders but again a team like the Astros that lineup sustains itself and they're able to you know have some have a ton of flexibility out of that bullpen be very specialized be be very situation specific so it's just kind of emblematic of how the of the direction that the game is going where where uh, you kind of just uh go based on matchup you know you can use two pitchers in the same inning or or sometimes three um i think it's it's interesting it's definitely changing the game but i think it's a good thing well it isn't from the point of view of pace of game john sure. i mean that's that's one of the things that's the downside but food for thought for our listeners i, th- I think it's a neat way to end the show uh, again we have different opinions and uh, just as we started so i hope our, our listeners have enjoyed it uh, there you have it for John McKechnie, who's a great follow at Johnny McKex. I'm Paul Bruno, who you could follow at Statsman22, and we wish you good luck with your FanDuel picks. Come back to listen to our pods on a daily basis to get an edge on the competition. So long, everybody. time inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply